Hello and welcome into the third Milwaukee Admirals podcast with Charlie Larson. I'm Aaron Sims and uh, Charlie, the Admirals uh, stumbled in the first game in Des Moines. Uh, we knew they weren't going to win them all. Not the best start, but there's plenty of time to correct things. There's a lot of pressure on teams to go 76-0. and and we Lots took of that, pressure. We took that pressure off right yeah, away. Yeah. We can just concentrate on hockey here on out. Uh <laughs> Yeah, not, obviously not the start that the Admirals wanted, but uh, you know there were some lineup uh, issues with some last-second injuries, mm -hmm. and that was that was difficult, especially in Des Moines, where it's difficult to get there. Right? Yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. Uh, on a Sunday morning with a game at three. It's tough. Uh, not to a lot find of direct a flights. flight to get in there. No, yeah. and you know, when you think about it, it's Freddie Gaudreau and it's Laurent Dauphin. It's probably. It's two of your centers, at least, that are not in the lineup, and that's an area that the Admirals struggled in was winning some face-offs. Right, and, and two guys that play all facets of the game. Right, penalty kill, yes, indeed. So uh, no excuses. The Admirals right. have struggled in Iowa the last year plus. Last season they were outscored, uh, counting playoffs, 25-2 to in Des Moines yeah. in five games, uh, shut out three times. This year they were outscored 5-2. to So in their last six games – Dating back to the beginning of the 18-19 season, the Admirals have been outscored 30-4 to in six games in Des Moines. And that's, uh, that's tough to take, but again, there's a couple more in Des Moines this year, and, and one game, especially the first game, does not a season make when you're playing 76. If no. you're in college football, your season's over. In the and, American and Hockey League, you've got a long no ways deal. to go. Well, you know, we, uh, I was looking yesterday when it became apparent we were going to lose. When was the last time we lost a home op uh, season opener? And it was the 2015-16 season in Chicago. We got Vladislav Kamenev, I think, had the first goal. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. We lost 5-1. to one. UC Same Sar kind of thing. UC Saros was in net. It, everything seemed to work out okay for him. It worked out okay for us that season. We won the Central Division. Were we in the Central, the Midwest? We were in a division. <laughs> we won it. it. Yeah. yeah, and so, you know, the, the point is what you just said. One game does not a season make. Yeah, I it, as you were, as we were looking at the game yesterday, there were a couple of things that stood out. One was uh and, and by the way, we're taping this when but when we are, but uh there's one one of the things that really stood out to me was how nice it was to have Mika Salamaki in the lineup once again because the guy just if you show him a straight line or you show him a route to take they always talk about wide receivers in the NFL. He's a good route runner. Mika Salamaki for hockey is the equivalent. He's right. a good route runner. He knows where he's supposed to be. He doesn't. There's no figure eight. Doesn't screw up the whole right. situation out there yeah. because he's. You can always count on him. And he was like that as a rookie. Always has been like that. And and as a rookie, as I've, I mentioned on the broadcast. He scored 20 goals and led the team in scoring that in year. AHL, in the AHL. In the American League, yeah. yes. He played seven, almost all of the games that year. And uh, if he can stay healthy and and he's here all season, I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, let's not forget that there's, there's a long line of guys who have, for whatever reason, fallen out of favor in Nashville and have gone on to do other things. And we always – we had Gabriel Bork. Right. And Salamaki was kind of the next Gabriel, Gabriel Bork, Bork, the yeah. way he played. He was a sl little bit smaller, right? but packed a wallop, did the right things, knew where to go, was real unassuming. Yeah. Um, before that, it was Auntie Pilstrom. Sure. Probably before Bork. Uh, there's always been that guy. The guy, the fast, hard hitter. Yes. 
you know, A to B type of player. Yes, he knows what he's doing. He doesn't hurt you at all. He helps you a great deal, as, uh, to be truthful. Um, Salamaki is that guy, and, and it's just going to be great to have him. You think about the, the, the veteran presence we have in Milwaukee on the wings in particular with just him and Cole Schneider. Yeah. Uh, and then let's throw in a mature Anthony Richard uh, and, and players of that. And I don't, think it, I don't think it – I don't want to overstate this, but having – when you've got a young guy like Ellie Tolvin and all the skill in the world, for yeah. him to have another Finn there, yeah. oh, absolutely. that makes a difference. On like, that first trip, they were around each other the whole time. And Mika like – the whole time. Right, and if, you, if you're going to have someone to look up to from a Pilstrom – or from a uh, – sorry, another Finn. If Pilstrom, you're Tolvanen, yeah. yeah. If you're Tolvanen – Salamaki is you couldn't ask for a better guy he like you said right unassuming yep. hard worker he grinds it uh, grinds it out every day and someone for Tolvanen to really look up to yeah absolutely with the way that you you can have more skill than Salamaki and 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 I think we all agree that Tolvanen does, does sure um but the rest of your game you can pattern after this guy right you know you can take the good things that Mika Salamaki does and Add incorporate them and and then yeah and then put the skill on right top an, of off, it. an offensive package that uh, is pretty impressive exactly exactly and uh, you know it was it, it's hard to gauge the players off of the first game because in, in particular the young players because of the penalty trouble yeah uh, the, s the second period yesterday was spent entirely on the penalty the kill. first half was definitely the first half literally was penalty kill yeah six we had uh, three straight minor penalties yeah and uh so that that's not going to do any any good for anybody so um the admirals will get healthier we know that uh there will be uh there, there will be brighter days again it's just one game uh coming up the admirals will visit grand rapids it will be the griffins home opener yep and then the admirals and the griffins scored eight yeah. in their season eight to five against with, chicago uh, yeah, holy with cow a wild sh wild game there um a lot of first rounders in their lineup that uh that has been documented um so we'll, we'll be anxious to see them obviously the admirals are no stranger to to what the Griffins are and what they have been over the last several years. Uh, and then home against Laval, and we say the Admirals aren't strangers to Grand Rapids. They are complete strangers to the Laval 100%. Rocket. 100%. It has been five seasons, I believe, since the Admirals have played a Montreal Canadiens affiliate. Uh, that's when Hamilton moved out to um, Newfoundland. Right. Uh, or not Hamilton moving to Newfoundland, but the Canadians, the Canadians moved their affiliation. Hamilton became an yeah. OHL franchise once the once that happened and uh, the AHL left Hamilton. So it's been a long time since the Admirals have seen um, a Canadians affiliate and it is going to be interesting to see. They, they, and they'll meet again in about a month up in uh, Laval, yep. uh, which is suburban Montreal. Um, they're named after Rocket Richard, so it's not Rockets. It's not plural. Rocket. Right. Uh, and when you see it in French, it's Rocket du Laval. Yep. Uh, I hope I'm saying Laval right. We'll <laughs> find out when these guys get here on, uh, yeah, well, on Saturday. Right. Uh, right. Uh, they, if you're pronouncing it wrong, from what we understand, they'll let you know. They're going to let you know. Yes, indeed. They're so going to let you know. We'll find out. I guess we have enough guys from that area. Maybe we could ask them too. That, right. We uh, do. Have, we do have quite a French contingent this yes, year. Yes, we do. Uh, so it's um, that that in itself is of interest. Plus, it's the opener and. There'll be a lot of cool things, and it's always cool to see the opening video for the first time. It's all th there are so many things to to be excited for when the Admirals open the home schedule on October the twelfth. Yeah, and and the, uh, it's the fiftieth anniversary, so 
it's going to be a lot of history yep. with it. And uh, uh, we've seen some rough cuts of it, and it's uh, the the opening video is, is really good. It's really cool. I can't wait to see it. Uh, so that's coming up on the 12th. Anything else we should add before we move on to our guest? Our guest? No, I'm, I'm really excited for our guest. I am too. We mentioned that he wasn't, unfortunately, wasn't able to play in the season opener in Des Moines, but uh, he will be here. Uh, he can play. Back. Yeah, he can play on the radio. He, he can play he can on the indeed, radio. He can indeed, and he can play once he gets going. We're ready to have him back in the lineup. There's no doubt. Uh, number 89, Frederick Goudreau. He is going to join us when the Milwaukee Admirals podcast returns in a month. Okay, we're back on the Milwaukee Admirals podcast. With Charlie Larson, I'm Aaron Sims, and Admirals forward Frederick Gaudreau joins us now. Thank you for doing this. No, thank you guys for having me. How has it been going so far for you? I, I asked you this before, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, but a, a lot of but people we're going to do say, it, yeah, because <laughs> that's what we do. Uh, a lot of people would say, "Boy, I'll bet he's upset he's not in the NHL," and I'm sure that's that's the case. But you also are kind of are very excited to be here. As a matter of fact, yeah, honestly, it's not the case at all. Um, you know, like one thing I realize more and more is, is you know, obviously everybody wants to get in the NHL and stuff, but I, I, I didn't start playing hockey when I was young because of the NHL. Right. It was obviously nice to watch and stuff, but the reason why I played hockey and I kept playing and and I and and I was doing it for many hours a day is just because I loved it. Yeah. I loved I loved to shoot a puck. I loved to to skate i love to just to play hockey that's my passion so i think there would be many ways to look at this and obviously like you said a way would be to be upset and be like i'm not in the nhl and stuff no i i i strongly think that it's a good opportunity for me to play hockey you know simply play hockey and keep loving the game and yeah. It's interesting you say that because Dean Evison, the former Admirals coach who you played for here, he said the same thing. He played, you know, 700 games in the NHL, and he always said, like, honestly, I didn't care if I got sent down because I was playing hockey. Yeah. I didn't like being scratched in the NHL, but I got to every day I got to play hockey somewhere, whether it was in the NHL, and he had a good, you know, a good long career. Yeah. Uh, or in the American League. And he did that year, the Canadian yeah. national team, when yeah. that was still sort of, perf you know, you had to step away from the NHL to do, to do that. It. Right. Yeah, right. yeah so. and exactly. I think, you know, if you get sent down and your your focus or, or, or all your thoughts are about being angry, about not being there, you keep evolving as a player and obviously as a person. All your energy are negative, your days are bad, and... And all that, and I, I don't want to take that route no matter what and no matter where I am. I just want to enjoy every second. You know, if it happens, it happens. You just gotta, you just gotta face it and say like it's an opportunity for me to learn stuff, keep learning stuff, keep evolving, keep enjoying. You know, and those days are they're they're gonna be gone in a couple. Like you're, we're gonna look at it in a couple of years and be like, wow, they're gone. Like just. It won't, just coming back here, it bring me back to so many memories um, of when I was here. You know, with you know, with Jim and G and all the boys here, and you know, and then you realize, well, those times are gone. So am I gonna am I am I gonna come here and be negative and not enjoy my time, or I'm gonna enjoy most of it and keep evolving, keep working hard on trying to get better and 
on and off the ice. So that's that's my mindset, honestly. Your your start was so interest is so interesting to me because you said you started relatively late compared to a, a lot of other people when it came to to actually playing the sport. And I told you this a few years ago when Eric Veyu was coaching in San Antonio. He had said that you came to a tryout, yeah. and they were wowed by your skill and ability out on the ice. And he, they said you made the team, and you said, uh, "Let me think about it." <laughs> yeah, well, and that's not the full story, obviously. But yeah. that was the way he took it. Like, oh, I got to think about this. I'm not sure if I want to. Yeah, well, it was it was that was crazy time too, because I wasn't drafted in the in the queue, and there's 12 rounds in the queue. I I don't know if there's still 12 or more. In my time, there was 12 rounds, so. 12 times I think it's 18 teams so you think that's a lot of players you know like and but so I got invited um, after my 17 year um, because I got a I got a big injury at 16 so I didn't get drafted then didn't get drafted at 15 didn't get drafted at 16 so never drafted then they invited me and then you know my camp was going I'm I mean I couldn't really see myself play, but I thought I, it was okay. You know, I didn't put the puck in the net much and didn't do much on the ice, but I guess they saw all the little details and stuff. And so the way it works is I, I had some talks a bit, like really short little talks with some college in, in the U.S. So I wanted to keep that option open. But the way it works, if you play one game, if it even if it's a preseason in the queue, you you can't. NCAA is yeah, out. Yeah, it's yep. out. Yeah, exactly. So, I I didn't want that. But so. you could do the reverse. You could go to college, for a little bit, NCAA, yeah. and then go back to the queue. Charlie, Charlie, Charlie Coyle did do. that. A lot of guys. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That you can do that. Um, but anyway, so I was like, that's the thing I told the the scout back in the back in the back in those days. I t I told them I t I said. I don't want to lose that eligibility, so you have to tell me if I'm making the team before I play a game or not. Right. So it was the first game was on Friday, and then on Thursday, called uh, called one of my brother, and I go like, he's asking me how the camp's going, and I say, well, there's no way they're keeping me. That's, you know, I didn't score much goals. I I don't think I scored a goal. I made a pass in a like an interest squad team, but. I made an assist, I mean, but, like, you know, I don't I, – I, I think there's no way they're keeping me. I'm not even drafted and stuff. So I went uh, Friday morning at the hotel. I go to see uh, Elaine, the name of the scout at that time. We had a good relationship. And so I told them, I said, that, you know, like, um, thank you for everything, but I'm, I'm leaving, you know. There's no way um, I'm staying for that game. And so he goes, wait, what do you mean? I said, yeah, like – you know, you told me you would tell me before, and so I guess I'm not making the team or whatever. Right. He said, uh, we'll have a good talk at the rink. So then I get to the rink, and I'm the first one on the list for the meetings. And then I get there, and Eric was there. And <laughs> so he looks at me, and he goes, that's you? Frédéric Godreau, that's you? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it was, it was kind of funny that way sometimes. And so I said... Yeah, what do you mean? He said, "You're so small." Because <laughs> <laughs> I was, you know, I was how small were you? Like, the, the, I think at that time probably one forty-five. But oh the my coach, God. your coach is probably at that time he's f he's listed as five nine as a play and he played 
long yeah. time in the American League, but he's a he's not the biggest guy. In no, the world. but you know he was kind of jacked. You know he was like <laughs> he was strong and stuff. I was and uh, he were was, you tall? He said, you're like, so skinny. I, yeah, I was probably you're, like you're five feet tall, but, yeah. you're, but, you're, but you're 17 years old too. So yeah. he figures you're a little beefy, yeah. right? I was so skinny, and you know there's mans in the queue. Oh, you know, absolutely, those guys that are 200 pounds and stuff. But he's like, man, you're playing so big, like. You're winning your battles, all that. Like, I didn't think you were that skinny. So, <laughs> so I said, so you want to leave? So I said, well, yeah, I kind of, that's why I came here. You know, I wanted to keep my eligibility to the college if I wasn't making the team. He said, Caleb, well, look at that. We have a spot for you. And then I was like, whoa, I didn't expect that at all. Yeah. That's why I said, well, let me think about it. I need some time to go make some calls. And so I right. went outside and. My mom was in town too. She went. She came for the camp, and that's another crazy story. Before the camp, I was so stressed. Yeah. And there's a bridge in between Three Rivers and Shawinigan, or just the bridge before Three Rivers. And we stopped to eat, and I told her, "Mom, I'm not going there. There's no <laughs> really? way." <laughs> yeah. Because you, you know, it's like you be you, such it's a big of time. A, it's another step in between midget and then. Yeah, and uh, major junior. Uh, yeah, you, it's kind of a man's world now more, and I, I was so. So nervous about yeah. it. You, you know, know, I I've thought this for the longest time that the major junior system in Canada, like how they put pressure on 15, 16, 17 year old kids, and I've got to believe that that is that's scary. Like you, especially in the Western League, where you might have you might be from Vancouver, but you're gonna go like Brandon. Play. Yeah, you're yeah, going to Manitoba Winnipeg. to yeah, play. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't it's, imagine that, and I know there's rules about being traded as a as a 16 year old and how all that works. But still, boy, that just blows my mind that yeah. you get up and move. And as a parent now, especially, I couldn't imagine sending. And my kids aren't that old. Yeah, it's a it's a really like you said, it's a big step. When looking back at it, it's such a beautiful step. You know, like I said that when I was eating with my mom, and I said, "I we're going back. Like there's no way I'm going there." I could have. Was it at a McDonald's? <laughs> no, it was at a subway actually. <laughs> and then you know, I could I could have said like I could have listened to my fears and go back, and I wouldn't have evolved from this. But then I said, but then you know, she, my mom was like, "You got to do it. Like we're here. You give it a shot." Yeah, she she knew it was only my fears that were talking. But you know, I got off my comfort zone, did it, and then got the, and that was the year of the Memorial Cup. So yeah. I got there, and there's guys on their skateboard filming us so they were filming everything so i got even more stress with all right. the cameras around us and so you know you're thrown in a big environment looks big at that time obviously um that gets you out of your comfort zone but if you don't go through that barrier you you don't evolve you just so stay it's so it's i don't mean to interrupt but it's so interesting to hear you talk like that because i've never thought of you found you as a person that is intimidated by something that you have to face. So is that kind of the the last one you did? Is that the was that the big lesson for you in the rest of your life? There, you know, there's there's been a few. Sure. Uh, coming to Milwaukee was a big one too. That's another good story. With my my first camp, my one of my brother and my sister, they drove with me, so we made a road trip to come here. And so you know, the first time in. In the like in leaving your home or your your country to go play hockey in the U.S. and so we were at the hotel and 
it was all new. So I, I we drove to Milwaukee and then we were I was flying to Nashville. Okay. So we I had like two days. So with you were invited. Here. You were not a draft. You're not drafted and you don't have an NHL contract. No, I had an AHL they, contract. But they still yeah. let you go. They still said come to Nashville's camp. Yeah, exactly. So I yeah they uh, they invited me to the camp, but on an AHL deal. So yeah, that's why I drove my car here and. That's another time I really got out of my comfort zone just because it's everything's new and stuff. Now I'd say like, obviously with the years I've seen a lot, like I've sure. thrown in those situations many times or in uncomfortable situation many times. But um, yeah, it's maybe you haven't seen me like that because I have gone through those things sure. and every time you know it's there's a part of you that goes kind of crazy or that your fears kind of talk to you and they're like well, you know. Like you're you're scared of that what could happen and stuff and the more and more I just learned that those are the best moments those are the ones that make you evolve and so it, it's interesting that you talk about how much you enjoy hockey and you love hockey and that we see that and we know that every day but hockey has has challenged you and has rewarded you for you know it it has challenged you with these intimidating prospects and you have found a way to be rewarded out of. Facing the that challenge. Yeah, I mean, it's and it's through hockey. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's one of the reason why. You know, I, like Charlie was saying, I would not be so excited about my kids going through those kind of things, or sure. you know, like. But, and I agree, I would be the first one saying, like, I don't want them to go through <laughs> all the the same things. But, against the against that's, I think that's those are all fears and. Looking back at it, at all those moments, I think those were. Though this is the reason uh, of who I am today, you know, adversity, and those are times where you look, you you look deeper into yourself, and you learn more about yourself, and you you beat your fears, you get out of that comfort zone, and you become who you really should be. It, it begs the question, and you've touched on it probably, but you said your mom was the one who kind of <laughs> pushed you into doing it. I mean, yeah. you and Charlie had just said, if I, uh, you know, if it were my kids, I don't know how excited they were. I'm sure they it was kind of like pushing you out of the nest a little bit, but they probably weren't terribly excited for you to, to face things that could be extremely difficult in life. Yeah, well, I think, uh, I think there was those two parts in my mom too, you know, the one that obviously didn't want me to go through you know i think my mom as a parent you don't want your kids to go through hard exactly like my mom i think would she would keep me at home for all life and cook me good (laughs) meals and you know (laughs) enjoy life together i think that's she would do that for sure but she knows deep down that i could do it and that was a good opportunity for me to grow and so she felt it in that way. She didn't push me like she didn't say like you gotta do it if not you're you're not my son if you don't do it (laughs) you know (laughs) she didn't say that but she was like, we had just had a good talk, and she's like, you know, just give it a try, and you'll see. Like, and so yeah. Were she was. you so then you go to camp in Nashville, and then you get then you come to Milwaukee. Were you expecting to to be in Milwaukee that year, or did was it like, well, I might be in Milwaukee, I might be in Cincinnati. What what's gonna happen? You know, I didn't even think about Cincinnati that year. That's funny. I I didn't even had it in my mind. I just was like, I'm going to go and have a good camp and learn and stuff. It's going to be fun. Um, Did you have a good camp in Nashville? I think, yeah, I think I had a good camp that year. I think it was good. Um, I think Dean was happy and the staff were happy about what they saw, especially, you know, you normally in camps you, you're expected to see the, the 
like the first rounders and those guys right. like right um and it's rare that you see a, a guy on a deal the uh, hl deal that you like really like right away like sure. it takes times to build that trust or and for some reason yeah they i think they they like me a lot that time uh, but then when you get to Milwaukee, you realize, wow, there's there's still a lot of players. So it's right. a possibility. Cincinnati is a possibility. And I, it didn't start that way. Actually, I think I scored my first, first goal. First game. Did, first yeah. game, yep. yeah. Yep. It like, went well the first couple of games. So I was like, you know, I got that thing figured out. I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. good. <laughs> I'm good. But then you realize it's a, you know, it's a grind. And then, yeah, I ended up playing in, in Cincinnati that year. And, um, there's, a, there's a lot of players on that team, 14-15. 14-15, right? Yeah, who scored their first goal scored in that game. Scored their first game. goal on that game against Charlotte. RV. Arvidsson, Pontus, Pontus yeah, I think so. Um, and just that whole team. There's a lot of guys, you know, that had went on to have success. Yeah. That team didn't have a lot of success. No. At the uh, end of the year. At the end of the year. Won six in a row to start the year, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Um, at the end of the year, was not so good. What was that year like for you, just in general? Like, was it eye-opening? Obviously, you make some great friendships during that season. Yeah, that was... Uh another you know another year where i grew a lot i would say um so i i obviously i played against those uh those those other franchises <laughs> g jim um joe diaby which you know they were they're, they're all scary guys on the ice let's be <laughs> right, honest right <laughs> they're all like they're all, all not fun to play against and so we got here it took a little bit of time before we kind of bonded or me, four of me with them because I'm more introvert and stuff. But so Diaby and Felix are draft picks. Yeah. And Jimmy, you and Jimmy are an AHL deal. Yeah. Jimmy but even had a A and a two-way A and East Coast deal. He did. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, because he, I think he played one game in Cincinnati, right? Didn't right. He? And then that's the year after. Though. That was the, the year first after. year he played none. Okay. Yeah. 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 He was, I think, wasn't he like the defenseman of the year, though? The defensive defenseman of the year? Yeah, uh, something like when that. When he came out of the queue, yeah. the same year yeah. you came out of the queue, right? Uh, possible. I'm yeah. not sure, though. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. I didn't mean yeah. to interrupt. So the four of you get together. Yeah, and so that was, uh, looking back at it, those are all good friends. So And, and not only them, but I, th I remember, you know, all the guys that were there, you know. Um, we had a funny team, good team. Um, so many good people, you know, like Lambo, like Sis, all those guys, you know. Right. I, I can't name them all, but everybody. It was just so fun to come to the rink every day. But once again, like I said, I got sent down to the coast. And so it's tough when you get there because you, you kind of look at it and you say, wow, like my, you know, it kind of bring me back to what I said like earlier. At that time when I was scared and I wasn't, staying in the moment i was like wow there's there's a th i need to be the best of this team yeah in order to be the best to go in the other team and then i need to be the best of this team to have a chance maybe to play in the nhl and so your mind goes just crazy so many directions that yeah. it shouldn't go so at that time it was really challenging because it, it was hard like i thought you know maybe it's over you know and then at, at that moment i realized or kind of had good talks with people around me and stuff that made me realize the only thing I have to do is go day by day and enjoy day by day and try to be better day by day. And as soon as I changed that, my mindset went from being scared to I don't care about anything else, but what can I do tomorrow to get better? Right. And then when I did that, everything went up. It's crazy. You have... Y y 
we talk so much about mental health nowadays. Yeah. And you had, you have such a healthy, you you talk. You don't you don't stifle it. You don't keep it within. If you have an issue, you yeah. find somebody to trust that you talk to about stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm. That's another thing. I'm lucky to have good people around me. Yeah. Whether it's uh, friendship, family, um, guide. I I have a really good, like life coach or. Sure. Um, and you know, I want, I want to evolve. I want to, you know, I want to find my higher self. I want to be the happiest that I can, obviously. But sometimes you face adversity, and you're, it's you like it's tough to just do it on your own. And I think it's important how to be surrounded by good people that can help you, and just to talk, get it out of you, and evolve that way. I would say. I want to go back to something you said before that I thought was interesting. I think people assume is the case that. The Frenchies, the, the Swedes, Swedes, your cliques. Like you automatically gravitate to each other. Yeah. And so, but you're saying that that's not necessarily the case and it shouldn't be, right? Like just because you're an American, like I don't care for Aaron that much, right, even exactly. though we work for the <laughs> same team. stuck in this thing together. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so, how does that relationship progress from like, you know, you speak a common language? Yeah. Um, but you, you had battles. But if right. you're playing them on the ice, you have battles, yeah. and they were the quote-unquote hated enemy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I think especially the first years where, like now, I can I can talk better in English. I think, <laughs> but when I got here, it was it was hard. You know, like it would take me more time to express what I wanted to say and those things. Right. So obviously, you're, you're you you want to be in your comfort zone. Yeah, you're more attracted to the the. the Quebecers, people, people who are like you, yes. exactly. So you get a, you kind of build a special bond with them. Mm -hmm. uh, but I would not say that it's a close click at all. Not yeah. at all. It's uh, the opposite. Like I got so many good friends that uh, we were all friends. Actually, all my years we were all friends. Big group of friends. Um, you know, the Pontus is sweet. We had so much fun. Yeah. Um, Pontus I don't think people realize how funny, funny he is. Pontus is. Just how the most funny dry Pontus sense is. of humor. Yeah. You talk to him one time and you think, like, this guy must hate me or yeah, whatever. Yeah, but That's how we felt, too. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just says something offhanded. Like, you'll just be walking by and he'll say something offhanded. And you're like, wait a minute. Did he just say that? Yeah. That yeah. was really funny. Yeah, yeah. No, great guy. Like, like you said, you don't realize the first time. But we got to know each other. You know, you, you play with a guy for so many years, like, your friends, everybody's friends. Like, that's that's the thing about Milwaukee. Another thing why I wasn't mad of coming here. All my memories is about going on the ice, working hard. But when you're in the room, everybody's happy. Everybody's doing jokes. Like, it's a good environment. I feel like every time I've been here, the organization was able to bring quality, obviously people in the organization, but quality players. Uh, like humans yeah and so we had so much i had so much fun with everybody and not like for sure not only the french guys but everybody so yeah that's uh and nashville has nashville talks about that like they want quality people yeah and when i, t I talk to the players at the beginning of every year to you know go over stuff that most of them are probably aren't listening to what i'm saying but that's okay yeah. not you though freddie <laughs> but i always say like 
in 20 years here, I can count the number of bad guys like on one hand, yeah. like guys who just weren't like interested in yeah. not even being a part of the team of doing things in the community. Some guys, everyone's different. Not everyone can get up in front of, and speak in front of a, of a school of 500 people. And I get that, but everybody is, almost everyone has always been willing to be a part of the community. And yeah. I think that's something special about hockey players. And it's a credit to what Nashville has done. Mm -hmm. Those types of players. Yeah, I agree. Like, like you said, I think. I I can't count on my hand. I mean, I like I don't even think of one bad person that I met here. Like honestly. we've had some interesting characters, some odd oh, obviously, ducks. obviously, but you get to you get to learn about them and know all their thinking and stuff. But they're not bad people. They're just you right. know, they're everybody's different, obviously. But yeah. we just yeah had so much fun here, and it starts with coming to the rink and being happy to see everybody. Right. Know? When you get together with these guys and you're young men in Milwaukee trying to learn your way around, you learn your way around a professional career uh, and, and being paid for this, yeah. it's now a job, yeah. uh, you're out of your element coming from Quebec. Um, how do you guys stay sane? How do you guys pass the time? How do you guys, when you're talking about Jonathan Diaby and and Felix Gerard and Jimmy Olney and and you. Yeah, I mean it's it's just just learning, you know. It's everything like I said, everything's new. You're out of your comfort zone. It's 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 easy to kind of go crazy and not and you know and and be stressed with all those new things, mm -hmm. like this new environment, this new job, this new. But it's a it's a process, and for me, the process has been from. Like I said, going crazy at first or stress about this, stress about that, to going day by day. Yeah. Really. But there has to be a lot of funny moments there. Oh, yeah. In, in, <laughs> like in you, that process yeah, of doing oh, yeah. that. Right. Like, I, I'm just curious. What do you guys do? What do you do every day? Like, your dumb practice is at 1030. Yeah. You got to be there at 9. You're home uh, by eight, 1 o'clock. Yeah, you're home by 1 o'clock. You get there, get to the rink about 8 o'clock. You're home by 1 o'clock. That's a lot of free time. What do you get? What do you do? Video games? You know, it's Monopoly. It, the, there's times in the year I feel like there's more free times. There's other times where you're just not tired, much. Yeah, right. you know. So I don't know. Like, let's say now we got we got I got back from Nashville last week. Now I gotta find a place. Now once the place is found, now we have to move all of our our things um, uh, with my girlfriend, and you know we have our dog too now and. So like you think it's oh you go you just go back home you're all set up like and then what do you do but we always you know find something to do or have something to do that's right. that's now it, it's probably gonna ease off in the next couple of weeks I I would say or next week uh, but then you know we're going on the road again so you gotta like kind of prepare for that but I, I I agree the first years you know the first year I was alone. Uh, so you lived apartment. alone the first year. First year I was alone. Huh. When did they G tell you to get a place? Like, was it right at the beginning of the year? Or first year it was. Second year it wasn't. It took a while. The second year, but the first year it was. Um, and so yeah, I, I had my apartment alone. I think G was with uh, Jim, and I think. Uh, and Joe Diaby was with the Leipzig. Oh. Brendan Leipzig, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, when when Brendan Leipzig got traded, that's when the team. Like coincidentally, coincidentally yeah. fell apart. Mm, that's sort of right. basically fell apart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. And obviously he's had a successful career. Yeah. Uh, made it to the, the NHL. Yeah. 
played with Washington. In Washington now, it played real well with Vegas for a while, and then it got traded. L.A. went to L.A. L.A., too. LA Vancouver, Toronto. Yeah. Toronto. He's yeah. bounced around a little He's bit. He's really become yeah, that guy. Right. Yeah. He's really yeah. bounced around. Yeah. But anyways, I'm sorry. I but yeah, me. and then at one, so at one point I was, when I got sent down in the coast, actually, I was like, okay, now I have free time. What should I do? I started to learn a bit of guitar. <laughs> I would not say play guitar. I would say learn a bit of guitar. Uh, so that was using my time a bit. Now, like like I said, I have my dog. So Can you play? No, not really. No? What did you do? Especially chords? Not. You do chords? Well, I can play a bit, you know, the songs that I know, but it's nothing crazy. It's just, uh, yeah, like the chords. How know. did you learn? Were you looking YouTube Inter- videos? Internet, yeah, yeah, just internet. I went, I bought a guitar and I first. Actually, my parents were there. My mom's pretty good at any type of instrument, too. Uh-huh. So she was picking up the guitar and just playing. I was like. Well, if you can do that, well, I can do that, yeah, right? Yeah, like I thought I would go and like play ACDC right away. And I realized, <laughs> I realized, no, that's not the way it it's works. It's not quite no. how it works. <laughs> it was tough. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I haven't played now since a while. Um, but I, I can pick up a couple uh, songs and stuff. I tell you what, I, I'm still taking lessons. Nice. And Yeah, and I don't practice, and it's it shows. Yeah. But what it does is you you love it when you do it. And then you've got other things going on in your life that you just can't get to it. And, and you you know, you can't sit there and play for yeah. six, seven hours a day if it's not your vocation. Yeah. Um, but then what I do is is really silly is I'll go buy another one. Uh, yeah. And I'll go buy another, another one. Another guitar? Yeah, yeah. So I'm up to like eight guitars. Really? Two ukuleles. Yeah, it's silly because I don't play any of them. Um, but I like the way they look, or I like the history, uh, the story do of you sign them? a brand. I do not. <laughs> but that being said, like y- you've seen the Willie Nelson guitar. Have you ever seen Willie Nelson's old guitar? He's had it for sixty years, probably. Nope. Uh, it's got a hole, an extra hole in it that that was punched out because of all the strumming and everything. But he's had everybody sign it that he's ever met. Oh. Uh, so he's got this guitar with all these etchings and signatures and stuff like that and i've cool. always thought that would be a cool yeah. thing to do is get a guitar and have everybody sign that that For would sure. be a lot of fun and there's so many guys that have learned how to play guitar while they've been in milwaukee yeah because that has been a thing that they yeah do to kill the time right absolutely like, i remember steve steve Bejen. he was injured he didn't go on a road trip we come back and all of a sudden he's ingve malmstein here he's just playing he's a virtuoso all of a sudden <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> it was crazy yeah, yeah he was he was a good dude yeah, he was a good dude. You, uh, with with Jimmy and Felix and and Joe. So you guys, uh, when you run around, when you ran around together, what uh, did you find some trouble? What what did you guys do? <laughs> what uh, it was a pretty tame. Well, sometimes. Like both those guys, <laughs> at least all three of those guys were known for like on ice grit. Yeah. Right. Like. Yeah. You know, you're going to score. Yeah. You're not, you know, you're not fancy out there, right? Of course. You're winning your battles. But Jimmy and Joe, they're they're they going to drop, drop the gloves. They're dropping the gloves. Yeah, yeah. Felix is, he's he's sandpaper out there. Yeah, yeah, they were. Are they like that off the ice? Probably not. But... No, 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 not really. Actually, Jimmy, uh, let's say Jim, um, for my first year, I was 18. He was 18 too, but I looked like I was 13 and he looked like he was <laughs> 36 <laughs> and and i was on the power play he was on the penalty kill and he would take four extra strides he was like yeah four extra stride away from me he would take those strides when the puck was not even close to me 
to give me a slash on the top of my toes. And Just to he, let you know. And then he would and then he would go back and come back in another slash. And I was scared of him, I won't lie. I, w I was scared <laughs> of him. Even though we're the same age, he was probably still 50 pounds more than me. Right, he's been always been a big guy. <laughs> yeah. And he would look at me and say, you want more, eh? You want more? <laughs> 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 so I got here, like, thinking this guy. Well, actually, I got to meet him after because, like, where I was working out, I got to meet him in the summer so when i got there i kind of knew who he was but yeah then we uh we bonded even more and more so he's, he went from being the scariest guy out there to my best friend really like, right um gee same thing you know was known to be i mean joe too they were both known to be like not fun to play against right like, scary guys almost you know like um two really good friends and G I, I lived with him too after so I think it was my third year third year G was my roommate so we really clicked there and I would call him uh, my best friend too again so um, it's you know it's special to associate and and then all the stories I mean I could go on and on <laughs> we got time it, it goes with it I think the stories the best is most of the times is or most of those years is you would go like 10 to 12 guys to a building and you try to find a deal saying hey we're coming but we'll be like 10 to 12 guys would yeah. you yeah, have, a deal, for us? have a deal yeah. for us we're yeah. only going to be here through april may or yeah. june or whatever exactly so then more like a lot of the guys would be interested in the deal obviously so we would end up being in the same apartment building so that happened uh my second and third year and I think the best stories are when, you know, we have a, let's say we have a party there mm -hmm. and, but then everybody lives in the same building. You right. Know? So, um, I can't, I really can't remember any of the stories, <laughs> uh, but no, but it's just, all, it's, those are good times. It's yeah. like a college dorm room, yeah. or a college dorm where you're all there. Yeah. You just like. The doors are open. In the the doors are like open. Like at a hotel, yeah. Right. Yeah. You fall asleep on someone's couch. It's yeah. whatever. Well, yeah. there's goods again. He's asleep <laughs> on the couch. It's eight thirty. <laughs> you know, let's paint something on his on his face. Or something, yeah, you it's know. you know, it's just uh, those those memories were good. And that year I lived with G. I think um, that was the most fun time. You know, um, we we were friends obviously before, but we really got to know each other more and more, and to the point where yeah, you know, it's my brother now. Like, if if ever like, I feel like talking to someone, we we call each other, or whenever we call each other, I feel like it's it's always it's always awesome and fun to talk to each other, and um, it was so fun to see him here, see him here too this this year for the training camp. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, no, it's it's like I said, it's special to associate Milwaukee with so many good energies and memories and all that you know something people might not realize about felix is that he's a huge bucks fan huge yeah. bucks fan and so i'm sure you tagged along to many games with him yeah that's all he he would talk there would be a bucks game one night and he'd come into the locker room that's all he'd be talking about the next day mm -hmm. but he little known fact about him is he has a Giannis autographed jersey Giannis has always been a, been a big deal obviously right but he wasn't a superstar right away but that first year Felix knew, like, I I'm, I need to get this autograph. Yeah. So he, buy, he buys a Giannis jersey. He's wearing it in the locker room. He's like, oh, can we get this signed? We got it signed for him, and he, st he still has it for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's right. He had that 
that uh, G's a basketball scout. <laughs> he could he could feel the good players, so he felt it at that time. <laughs> do you do you get? St- I don't know that Felix was starstruck necessarily, but do you get? Did you get starstruck? Have you ever been starstruck? Uh, no. First what's game that? in the NHL where you where it's like, oh boy, I remember I watched that guy and he's such a star, and uh, I can't believe I'm seeing this person. Years ago, we were in Houston. And Yao Ming was working out, and he walked by me in the hallway. Really? And I swear I came up to his waist. Yeah. Like that's – I mean, he's 7'6", seven, six, seven, six, I think, is what Yao Ming wow. was listed at, right? And I'm like, wow, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Charlie someday, bumped into Shaq in yeah, the bathroom, Yeah, I was just going right? to say, someday I'll, I'll tell the whole Shaq story, but I, uh, Shaq <laughs> went to the bathroom next to me once, and I was shocked at how thick his chest was. Uh, like <laughs> his chest was thicker than my shoulders are broad. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And yeah, so that but that kind of did, did you ever have that like Van Gilder, well, Mark Van Gilder, his first shift I think in the NHL, he's lining up with Ovechkin. Yeah, yeah. you know things like that. Well, it happened. I remember in San Antonio, um, Danny Heatley was playing there. Danny Heatley was sure. there. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> 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 this guy's a legend. So those moments. Um, what uh, one time at the the old food. Uh, my girlfriend goes. So that's a while, a little bit ago too. I it's a bit before he was uh, known. Well, he was always known, like you said. Uh, but before it was like huge, huge, huge. She goes, that guy in the back, like behind us, is so tall. And I turn around, and it was Giannis. Was it Giannis? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was another time. But uh, I mean, yeah, sometimes the first couple games in the NHL too, or the first times you play against Ovechkin or Crosby or all those guys. It's it's, a, it's just the fact that you've said their names for so long, forever, right, right. and now they're there. It's only but, man, that. You're but playing you against them. you're playing against them in the Stanley Cup now. Yeah. Like Crosby and Malkin and, and, yeah. and these guys. You're lining up with them in the Stanley Cup yeah. finals. So, yeah. like, mm. actually, b- before you get there, just can you talk to us about, like, that process? You're a black ace. Yeah. Guys start going down like flies. It's the, It's the Western Conference Finals. Talk. How did that? How did that whole thing happen for you? Yeah. So. Um, and where were you dressing at the at the rink? <laughs> okay. So <laughs> well, it started. So we lost on a Wednesday night here on a Tuesday night, I think, and uh, in Milwaukee. And so on Wednesday we had our meetings, I think. Dino tells me that I'm a black aces, and so I'm gonna leave on Monday, the next Monday. Um, so we're a couple of black aces leaving on the next Monday. So I got until so from Wednesday to Monday to clear my apartment and stuff. He calls me back on Thursday. He said, "Good, your flight is tomorrow morning." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, you better I guess get going. I'll just have to keep my apartment for a while and then pay an extra month and come back." But then again. The, the 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 Frenchies. So I had it was the year with G. I was living with G, but he got traded. So I had all his stuff, all my stuff. <laughs> but then uh, the guy said, "No, we're gonna help you. You do it." So in less than 24 hours, we cleared my apartment. Who else is doing this with you? There was there was Rich Carr, um, Jim. Yeah, Jim was. Car is oh, going Jim, down. Jim, I think, was injured. So I. Don't think he did. Oh, I think he did. I'm not sure. But yeah, Carr is going did. down to be a black ace, also. Yeah, but he was leaving on Monday, so the so the reason why I was leaving on the uh, now on on Friday instead of Monday is because now they didn't want me as a black ace. They wanted me to go practice with the team. Right. So in less than 24 hours, we did it. 
uh, I think, I think Sam Gerard was there too at that time. Yeah, yeah, he would have so, been. So it was, it was crazy. Like I was, my mind was running <laughs> so much. I was saying like, okay, that goes there, that goes there, that goes there. Yeah. So many things to handle in less than 24 hours. And you and took all of Felix's stuff and just threw it off the balcony. Yeah, that basically. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lit a match. Yeah. Um, no, but actually, I think like Rich or uh, Car bought some FG stuff. So I had to think, well, that goes there for Rich, that goes there for G, that goes there. Like, it was crazy. Right. Anyway, we made it. On my flight the next day, probably slept for three hours, though. But anyway, got there, practiced with the team. And after a while, they put me back as a black aces so i went from being with the team to now they they send me back people with are the healthy black aces. you go back to be a black ace yeah and then so i'm a black aces on game four we're watching the game uh, against and i'm in nashville yeah and then johansson goes down and fish goes down i'm going back uh to the hotel and aris was there actually and we plan on going uh, uh, to eat a little something after the game. Sure. So he texted me and was more than happy to go. And so, but then uh, Paul Fenton calls me right after the game and he goes, "Be ready, you're coming to Anaheim tomorrow." So then I I told Iris I wasn't going. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so supposed to. You know, just be a black aces, and now I'm going with the team. I don't know if I'm playing. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Do you know if you're playing or not? No, but then the next morning, um, Fordo was practicing with us, and he came to me on the ice, and he goes, hey, like, you'll be in. So I'm like, whoa. <laughs> All right, perfect. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready. I'm Heart I'm rate probably good. goes up a little bit there. Yeah, huh? and that's when, like, I went right into a crazy bubble of, like, self-control and staying focused in my moment and, that was a good time, and then yeah, and then the coach after that, the coaches after the practice, they came to me and they said, yeah, you'll be in, you know, just just have fun. That's what Levy told me then. He just said, don't 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 go crazy about it. Who, just have fun. Who were your line mates for? And that is game. What game is that? Game five. That's game five. Yeah, and and I'm I can't remember who were my line mates. Is that the one where Sis had a hat trick? No, that's game six. Six okay. in the Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it went well. I, w I was think third. I think I was on the third line center. I played played good minutes. Like I played a lot. I was. You got into a rhythm and. Yeah, it was good. Like it really went well. And but like I said, I was so focused in my moment. Everything I was under control with everything. Even though it was kind of crazy. Um, so that happened, and then they kept me in for game six in Nashville. We won, and then they just kept me in for. The, the finals after that was a, a and no big moment. deal you score five go or three goals in the stanley cup finals only the second guy in nhl history to do that you've probably never heard anyone tell you that before <laughs> no <Right>? first time <laughs> yeah yeah no that was cool i so the first game was uh pittsburgh my parents came with my uncle and my aunt they travel a lot the four of them together it was the first so i played nine game that year and um, my parents could never make it because it was always like late call up. Yeah, late right. call up. Yeah. And so I'm playing could, tomorrow. They could, yeah, they could never make it, but they were obviously watching it on TV, all the games and stuff. But that time for the finals, they they drove to Pittsburgh. So the first game they saw me play is was my first goal too. 
we didn't win unfortunately but it was still a pretty special moment and um you know like it just a you know it's a crazy you when you're in there you just remember like i'm i i feels like yesterday i was just a kid playing outside my parents would yell at me and say it's time to eat and <laughs> <laughs> and you're now you're like, as far as you you're could, you're yes. now Cup finals, like Sidney Crosby, and yeah, and and yeah, and Gino like Malcolm. I scored, and so you're starting to think like I I can play in this league, like I can I can do this, you know, like all those like it makes emotion of everything. It was a really special and beautiful moment. Do you? Where is that puck? Because that's not only is your first Stanley Cup goal, it's your first ever goal. NHL yeah, goal. Playing a, so you got to have the puck, right? Yeah, it's somewhere at home. Okay. I have the three pucks, I think. Do you? you have all yeah. three of them. That's yeah. great. Yeah. So uh, Pete, Pete Rogers in, uh, in Nashville uh, did a good job keeping ha, it. That's you, are you the only one that has all th uh, if you score in the Stanley Cup final? Or do they, like baseball, if somebody, like say, here's the 300th strikeout or whatever, if uh, milestones, do they have that many yeah, pucks? Yeah, they, they do a good if, job. Like, uh, who would have uh, Crosby? Crosby scores a goal. They'll pull that puck too. Well, I I don't know. It depends on the organization and stuff. But uh, but Nashville, you're saying the, the NHL doesn't do it. This is Pete Rogers or I, whoever. Yeah, I think it's the staff in Nashville that does okay. that. Okay. I, I I can be sure, but uh, I know in Nashville they do it. So how yeah. much did it cost you in money to buy tickets for all these people? In the Stanley Cup Finals, I yeah. bet that cost you a lot of money. You're yeah. playing; you don't get paid in the playoffs. Like well, players you don't get, get paid. You get the, you get the bonus at the end, but yeah. Stanley Cup Finals tickets aren't cheap. Did you do you do you have to buy every one of them, or do you get every player gets two or four? Or we whatever? had some, like two, I think, uh, but the rest we had to pay. And at one point, I had like family coming and stuff. We couldn't have as much tickets as we wanted because it was crowded. It, like, it was crazy. Just crazy. Like you, everyone saw the pictures out on broad yeah, yeah, Broadway. Yeah, it was like, crazy. So my 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 best friends from my hometown they came, but I was like, like I would love it, guys, but I I can't have tickets. Yeah. But they had a, they had a good fun on Broadway. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, at one point, my that was another special moment. So my my aunt. Uh, I'm really close with with my aunt and my uncle. The, they that's the one. They're the ones that I live with when I was uh, in Drummondville in the queue. Sure. Okay. They were my billet, mm -hmm. and I lived with them when I was midget too, because I was playing in Drummondville. So they were again my billet. So now we really are close. So they try. They're the one that travel with my parents. Well, they my aunt. She she paid the trip. For my brothers, my sister, my parents, and my cousin, so her daughter, uh, she paid the the flights and the tickets for the game. Wow! One of the game in the Stanley Cup final. So everybody was there. So my my two brothers, my sister, her parents, her and and my cousin. So that was a that was a crazy moment too. Just to have them there, there at the biggest moment of your career. The biggest moment, like it was it was really special so that that game it didn't cost me anything not too much no because she was really nice to do it um but the other yeah the, the other, other games time you gotta, I, I paid you gotta yeah, cough up the money paid, but you know it i couldn't care less about it just to have the people there it was priceless for me for yeah. sure yeah I'm sure that's the case yeah uh i want to ask you going back to being starstruck earlier that i think it was it was that season you played with a guy who you probably called yourself, like when you're on the ponds and your parents are calling you in. Yeah. 
you making played with awesome passes. Yeah, making oh Ribeiro, <laughs> Ribeiro passes, you know, and suddenly you're playing with Mike Ribeiro. Yeah. How how surreal, how awesome was that for you? Oh, uh, you know, talking about good stories, I couldn't think about any like specific one, but yeah, I think you just pinpoint the good one. <laughs> Mike Ribeiro is still a legend in Quebec. Oh, for sure. Like maybe the best passer in NHL history. He's best in passer. The, he's in the conversation. Yeah. Yo, for sure. And he's just the way he sees the game is different than anybody else. Plus, just the 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 character behind him. He played in Montreal. Everybody knows Mike Ribeiro. Everybody talks about stories about Mike Ribeiro. So he came here, and we're like, well, it was Richie, Mike, and I. We were on the line. On the same, same line. line. So I, I'm sure if Richie would be here, he, he would, he, you know, he would have a lot to say too about it. But it was kind of surreal just to be with him, and like that legend is now our centerman. Right. <laughs> we're not only like playing with him, but we're having fun with him. Like he... he's funny. He's he's a great guy. You get to know him, and he's a great guy. Like. And uh, yeah, that's another like one of those times like you were you said star uh, str star struck star struck earlier like now it's he's on your line and you're making plays with him and you're having fun with him and we're calling him the legend <laughs> <laughs> so we would call him la legend in French and that was his name and you know like now like still up to date like people around fire camps in Quebec did they, they they talk about Mike Ribeiro talk about Mike Ribeiro yeah. and. He coming down here, everyone knows like his personal issues that he went through, and yeah. we're not going to get into those here, but he came down here, and I'm never sure, and this is probably the case with you too, Aaron, like what kind how of do attitude, we approach him? Yeah. how do we go to him, and what kind of attitude is he going to mm -hmm. have, and is he going to be a cancer on this team? Because we've had you know, NHL guys come down here who have like, this was not a good situation for them to be here, to be influencing these yeah. former players, and that could not have been more of the opposite with Ribeiro. He was like, awesome. He yeah. wanted to be here. He wanted to play hockey, just like you said. That was yeah. exactly what Freddie said. Yeah. I want to play hockey. Yeah. I want to play hockey, and he did. And, yeah, like, Mike Ribeiro isn't back-checking, right, so much. <laughs> Maybe a little bit, but he was so good with you guys out there, and uh, it was really a pleasure to have him here on the ice, obviously, and off the ice too. Yeah, right? like, like such a good influence. Hundred percent. That's that's why. Like, at first we were like, "Wow, like Mike Ribeiro and stuff." And had you ever met him before? Uh, training just camp, at the camps, suppose, yeah. just at the camps. But it's different now. You're in the same team and stuff. And and we all thought, you know, he'd come here and wouldn't care at all. Like, yeah, just because he's done so much and he's a little older than and and stuff. But he got here and was the nicest guy. Not only became teammate, he became a friend to us, right. like to everybody. He was awesome. It made a big impact to him on all. Everybody was in the room and stuff just because he was awesome to everybody. Everybody was having and fun. And he's a legit star. He's he is. a legitimate star who's, doing, who's just one of the guys. Yeah, he is. And then, and, but it wasn't about like, oh, like, let's – you know, like, we don't care about the practice or, you know. He was working hard on the ice. Yeah. Right. And then off the ice, in the room and stuff, we were having fun. We were – he was so funny. He was <laughs> not neg negative at all. He was always positive. He was 
always like making jokes and being happy and stuff and you see a guy like that that's coming and that you feel that he wants to be part of this whole thing like it was a, a beautiful experience for two, th everybody. two things he told you at the Brewers game that he would have been an all-star short all-star shortstop I believe <laughs> right, right? Had I he, he said second base it made a bet okay second base that's what yeah, he, he told was you. he was yeah he was very proud of his baseball uh Acumen and ability. Yeah, his past. Right. Yes, yes. He would have been an all-star second baseman. And the other thing, were you in the locker room when he was holding court in Grand Rapids about his beliefs of the world and some conspiracy uh, yeah. theories and everything like that? Yeah, we had more than one talk about this in the <laughs> locker room. It's, uh, it's uh, one of the more entertaining things. And uh, everybody was just gripped by him as, yeah. he was, as he was talking. And I remember we talked about Pontus, and Pontus is like, I give him credit. He believes it. Yeah. He's, he's wrong, but he believes it. That's <laughs> yeah. what he said. It was one of the funnier things that, I've ever heard. That was, uh, yeah, that was funny. Because um, it's not like, it's <laughs> not like people are just like, you know, you're stupid. People are actually like trying to understand what he was Absolutely. saying. Yeah, yeah. Where he's coming and, and from. He, and he, yeah. he had facts to back up his yeah, arguments. Yeah. And he was, and like, he was all go on Google, go. write this, and you'll you'll find it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Find the information. I'm sure I'm a lot of guys about. went on Google after that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. And I I still – we lost to Grand Rapids in the first round that, that year, yeah. um, unfortunately. And Grand Rapids went on to win it, right? Did they win it that year or was they, it the following year? I can't I remember. I think they won it. Yeah. But and I we won like it. It they swipe us that we didn't win a game, but two were in overtime. Two were in overtime. Yeah. They were good games. Like we could have won. Right. The, the, fir the yeah. first yeah. game, right. Two were in overtime. The second game was a two goal game, but I think one of them was an empty net. Yeah. On that. Yeah. Oh yeah. They were all one goal games. Yeah. Um. And but I remember seeing Mike Ribeiro after that game, and like, and if you if you if you weren't sure that he had bought into the whole thing like he was crushed he was devastated you could see he was crying you could see it on his face like this he thought like boy we well, got a chance and yeah. but but at the I same time that. like my career might be over could this be over. might be uh, it yeah. yeah i remember cared, the exact though, like, moment yes. that you're talking about i remember because we were i think we were facing each other in the, in the locker room and it was emotional for uh, like it was not like all right let's go it's over like right. it was emotional like Seems that you said his career was possibly done. Yep. Plus, I think he really had fun in Milwaukee with all the guys. Right. He really loved everybody, and so it was like, oh, like where's that going? It's you know, and when the buzzer beats, it's over. It it just it just it's not there anymore. Right. So it was it was a, an emotional moment that I remember the exact same the exact time you're talking about. Yeah. For this sure. has been so fun we've kept you for so long we really appreciate it <laughs> Thank uh, you. we appreciate your your conversation we appreciate your uh enthusiasm and, and everything you've done for us personally and professionally and all of that and um look forward to a great year i hope you're i hope you're ready to go and we'll uh, we'll have some fun this year yeah for sure thank you guys thanks for having me all right that's admiral's uh, forward frederick Goudreau. uh let's wrap it up huh Consider it wrapped. Okay. Charlie Larson, I'm Aaron Sims. Thanks for listening to the Milwaukee Admirals Podcast.